So let's everybody warm up, get to it. Hello. Is it me? Is it me you're looking for? I think we just harmonized. That and that, um, that really the, was nice. I, th- I think we did. I, I think no, I, no, no, Jesse. No, no, we did. It's the first time I've ever harmonized. No, no, no. I think it was good. I wasn't yeah, sure if your headphones worked. Or... Kind of nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think we're good. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're talking about the five acts of worship. To uh, again, we're on a roll. Don't um, say again like that. No, no. Is again is an an opportunity to keep on talking about it. <laughs> And uh, it's been it's been fun. So I think last week or the last week that we were recording, at least Julian dropped a hint at the end of the episode as to what the next act of worship was going to be. He whispered very delicately into the microphone. Prayer. Prayer. And I said. I think that's all you said. Or what else did you say? I'm glad I said that one. I, 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 I think that's all I said. I think you just I think said I, prayer. I think I said prayer. And then the, the music came on. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. So, uh, yeah, so we've um, talked about singing and we talked about uh, giving are the two things. So we got prayer and then uh, the sermon. And then uh, what's the other one? Five, seven, singing, sermon. Bail me out. So wait, what? The other one? <laughs> yeah, the fifth. Let's let's talk about what we have talked about. Let's <laughs> maybe that's better. Maybe <laughs> that maybe that's better. Uh, we've oh, talked. Three of we've... us cannot be drawing the same blank. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's announcements. We're blocking it. Oh no, 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 you didn't. Oh. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what I it actually. Is. You were laughing, but I actually oh. want to talk about the sixth. Ooh. Oh. But I this sounds more intriguing. Let's go here yeah. and come back. The sixth. Mm-hmm. Is it announcements? It's, it's not, not announcements. announcements. It's fasting. Oh, oh we don't do that one. Come we on. We don't do we're, that. We're, one. we're off the hook. The question is, should we? Ring a ding ding. Yeah, see, most people don't do it, therefore by popularity of the masses, we know we don't have to. By, by simple weight of numbers. Yes. If it was a voting system, we wouldn't need to fast. Okay. There you go. I really Game like over. what you did here. That was I like what you did here. Well, it ties into the theme because we're questioning the five acts of worship. Are they actually like the thing? Are they a thing or have, are they a construct that we just made up and we seem to live by these five things and we're missing a large chunk of the story here in the Bible by focusing oh. on these five things. Jesse's starting to get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to. It was in his back pocket. It was the whole time. Mm-hmm. He had that in the chamber. Cha-ching. I like it. Okay, okay. So uh, Fasting. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Okay, so we're, we're skipping right to the end because we can't remember the fifth. We're going to the sixth. No, we'll come wait, back to what? fifth We're next doing week. prayer, aren't we? Well, you, uh, mm. I just I just locked in on fasting. Yep. You brought it up okay. and we went there. Let's do it. What think, say uh, ye? I think it's good. What what say ye about fasting? Well, I have a couple of points to make. The first is from Matthew chapter six. Verse sixteen. I am with you. 
Um, because Jesus, well, in the beginning of, of the chapter, chapter 6, this is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is talking about practicing your righteousness. He says in chapter 6 and verse 1 of Matthew, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, right? So it's a conditional beware. It's not don't try to do these righteous things. It's don't try to do these things in secret. It's do them before other people, but don't do them to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. So he talks about giving to the needy in verse 2, right? We've talked about giving. He talks about prayer in verse 5. He talks about um, forgiveness in verse 14, which we could add a seventh if we needed to. But it's the fasting part in verse 18. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. There's a really fundamental assumption that Jesus makes in this passage. What is he, what is he assuming is a given? That they're going to fast. That <laughs> fasting fast. is something that we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? Um, he just treats that like... When you wake up in the morning and brush your teeth, do not look, you know, right? Yeah. Like, he well, treats it the same It's the same exact wording, because it says, when you give to the needy, blah, blah, blah. When you pray, blah, blah, blah. When you fast, and suddenly fast is optional? Right. And then let's take a look at, oh, there was another one, but I think Acts 13 is going to be the most obvious place. Is it? Yeah, it's 13. Um... Acts 13 and verse 1. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, Simeon, who was called, uh, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong... Why do I pick all these names? A <laughs> lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Verse 2 of Acts chapter 13. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Um, I don't know. We have, like, just as strong an example of a communal activity of the church engaged in the work of the church in Acts 13, verses 1 and 2, 1, 2, and 3, as we do for any of the other acts of worship that we hang our hats on. Mm. So fasting. <laughs> yes. I like it. I like that you went to Acts. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, we may have just got hung up in Matthew and said, yeah, this was like a, a pre-introduction of the church. Right. Uh, therefore, we don't fast. And I, I, I like where you brought up Matthew 6. I was actually looking it up when you said fasting. Uh, also, I'm reminded of Matthew 9, uh, and this is uh, kind of on the, on the flip side, but Matthew 9, 14 is when, uh, when they question Jesus about his disciples not fasting. So there's even an expectation uh, from those outside of Jesus's group 
that they will be fasting. And when they're well, not fasting, he's like, well, what, why are you not? Now, this this actually, his answer is for something completely different. So it's it's slightly off the topic. But their no, question... Verse 4 is... is and right what? On, or, sorry, verse 15 is dead on topic. No, no, no. That, that comes back to exactly where you are right now. But I'm saying yeah. in verse 14, kind of their purpose... Uh, verse 14 says, Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Hey, why do we, that's disciples of John, and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And you're right about 15, because 15 ties back to what you just read in Acts. And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? So Jesus is still with him. He hasn't gone back yet. But then it says, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. That links right back up to where you were. And he actually, so there is an expectation that John's disciples, also the Pharisees, that, that they should be fasting, one. And then Jesus points out that, okay, I, I know what your question is now, probably some of your motive too, but there will come a time when they will fast, not right now, but it's going to happen that points back to where you were in Acts. So I totally agree. There is an expectation from everybody around that fasting should be occurring. And then later it's occurring. And and not just because there were some, some folks who were so steeped in following the law rather than understanding the purpose of it were fasting, but also because later, by example, we see the disciples of Jesus fasting. Oh, that's a good hmm, question. Interesting. You know, something that's interesting, this is going to be a little bit of a sidebar, but um, fasting is, uh, there's this really old book. It didn't actually make it into the New Testament canon, but it's like a first century work, essentially. And um, it's called the Didache. Um, I'm not positive I'm saying that right. But I think so. Um, but um, it's interesting because when you look at that book, um, it gives you a frame of reference, at least for how Christians at the time were thinking. Um, and it seems to be, um, well, it's really interesting, but they they speak about fasting in, it in a couple places. Um, and one of them, it says, Now the teaching of these words is this, Bless those that curse you and pray for your enemies, and fast for those that persecute you. For what credit is it to you if you love those that love you? Does that sound sim- similar to something we've heard before? It Absolutely. Does. Yeah. So they they, they subbed out fast for pray. Yeah, they use the word fast in this ancient like manuscript here, um, and then so it's, in their mind, clearly, is still fasting was a critical piece of what worship was to them. And um, another time, they're saying um, they, this book has kind of a, like a lot of rules that they seem to make up as well for how to do things. But um, they said before the baptism. Let the baptizer and him who is to be baptized fast and any others who are able. Um, so there is some kind of a, a more like uh, their own rule, rules to do this here as well. And the last thing I'll point out is that they also were, <laughs> I don't know what the context is of this exactly, but they say, let not your fast be with the hypocrites for they fast on Mondays and Thursdays. But do you fast on <laughs> Wednesdays and Fridays? <laughs> So, so it's kind of oh, it, funny. Um, Somebody was, first first century wrote that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, this is I guess some kind of church's own like rule book that they made for themselves. I think based on their understanding of scripture. But um, 
it's really interesting because it just does go to show how much of fasting was considered to be an important element of things, um, depending on how you apply it, of course, is a little bit you know different than what the Bible says exactly, but it's still there. And just for context, just to throw it in there, Luke chapter 2, uh, somewhere around verse 37, 38, Anna the prophetess was uh, in the temple, Luke says, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. So like right there, Luke it, like just links fasting and prayer with worship directly. Um, in Luke chapter 2, the end, uh, I think it's like verse 38, 39. Yeah. So yeah, example after example, Jesse, like that's a thank you for pulling that out too, as for as well for that that example from the early church. But just like we see this over and over again, this direct link between, um, you know, the practice of righteousness, Jesus says in Matthew six, the worship of God, uh, being linked to fasting, and so we just don't. It's just not. I don't know. It's interesting to me that we we only count five. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and no, absolutely. It's also interesting that we don't even actually count it at all. I mean, I mean we we do. I mean, people do in general if you were to ask people is fasting good, people would say like, yeah, it's, it's a good thing you should you know, think about doing probably. You know, that's kind of as far as it goes though. It seems like but it seems like if you're having a Christian walk that's Bible-based and you've never fasted, or it's not part of your, on your radar at all too fast, then there might be something, I mean, when I say might, there, I think there's something off. I think we're missing, I think we're missing a part of what drives our relationship or what helps us understand our reliance and subsistence on God. Somehow fasting, I think, does this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it comes up as an optional way to worship God. Um, and, and there's never a requirement. I think most people would say, you sh- like you said, Jesse, you definitely should check into that. Um, but it, it seems to be a pretty easy thing. Like, it's not something you have to really check into. It's just, you just go do, right? <laughs> and because uh, it, it, you know, it's almost like the one of the easier things to pull off as far as just go do it. I don't mean actually make it happen. I think fasting is actually not easy. Um, but it may not be easy because it, it could show our lack of surrender or ability to surrender to some other things that might be blocking us from uh, from just concentrating on the Lord. I think it's a good reminder to us. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I, with the high school kids, I, I taught a class uh, a year ago, maybe it's more, I can't even remember. Um, and one of the things I was doing in that Bible class was trying to get the kids to um, not take what people say um, as truth, even if it's from a trusted source. So um, I was, you know, I read some arguments from you know, what we would consider to be renowned Christians who are. Um, taking a stance on certain things um, and but I was trying to take their argument and find some holes in their argument and be like look a trusted source that we point to all the time like I'm not sure if they got this 100% right let's look at it and see what we think and then I also said let's just pick a topic and and we can 
walk through the exercise of deciding for ourselves if it's something we should be doing or not. And I picked fasting, and <laughs> which is um, on topic for tonight. And so uh, it was really it was really fun because the answers you got around the room was, well, I think it's something that was really good to do if you decide you want to do it. And that's I think a pretty common answer, like like you said, Julian, in the church. And um, I've, I was pushing him a little bit harder on it, um, you know, saying like, well, it looks almost like Jesus is implying that it is a thing that is happening. And um, it was it was fun to go through the exercise. But I think we let ourselves off the hook when we just stop there and just say, oh, yeah, I'm not going to look into it farther. Um, I, if you want to do it, great. If not, it's not a command. Well, there's a lot of things that aren't really like direct commands that we still do in the Bible that are clearly part of a relationship with God. And um, just to throw it out like that, just just dismiss it. Be like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Dismiss. That's uh, that's a problem. Mm. You know, there's often a struggle, I think, sometimes... uh if things seem slightly ambiguous. Although I will say, I, I don't really think this is ambiguous on should you. Some people may find it ambiguous on when should you or how often should you, right? Yeah, or and I how, think, how to fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes when, I know a minute ago I said, it's the easiest thing that you could do. I mean, I, I'm saying, if you say, hey, I'm not going to eat. You know, if you go and try to just use Jesus's example, like from the wilderness and you're like, that's it. And I know that people, you know, there are um, many different types of fasting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's like no food, no food and water, no, you know, there are all sorts of different things. There's I'm fasting from technology. There are all sorts of different things, uh, even though I think here, I believe we're mostly talking about food, but uh, while, while there may be many different things like that, I, you know, sometimes if it's not really, really clear, then I think the tendency is to say, well, since it wasn't super clear on when, and there's not necessarily a directive on, on how many times or how often, maybe I'll put it on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. And it's easy to do. And, and, Actually, you brought up a good point too, Julian. I was wondering um, you guys' opinion on it. Um, you know, obviously the the conventional fast is just to withhold food. You know, like maybe you just drink water, or maybe you don't drink anything, um, but but basically no food or drink for a set period of time. Maybe it's a day, maybe it's two days, something like that. Um, but when you talk about, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna technology fast. Do you think that that's the same thing? I, I kind of feel like it's not. Yeah, I kind of agree with you a little bit. I think, um, I think there's a pretty clear indication in Scripture that fasting is, you know, you don't eat. And probably they didn't drink water either, but um, I think clearly like the withholding of physical necessities um, is kind of inherent in the idea of a fast. And so, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you that a technology fast isn't really, isn't really the same. 
I mean, I think it could be beneficial. It could be, you know, to do that or to like not watch TV or whatever it is. But there's something more um, base, basic about food. You know, when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, like it hits home when you aren't eating. <laughs> the reliance on this thing, right? Um, there's just, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's the most basic human need is to eat. You know, we'll eat and sleep and have shelter, all these, you know, these things. Was it Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Um, and when you take away those things, suddenly you realize you're utterly at God's disposal. Like every breath you take is like hinging on God's going to provide for you those basic essentials. So to me, it's a very powerful thing that draws you closer to your relationship to God and your place with God. Yeah, I I agree with all that. And I do think the, man, I know I said it a minute ago, I, I think the Bible is more specifically talking about uh, food. However, I don't disagree, but I would say that fasting from things that own you is probably a valid fast. I mean, look, you can do any of these things. If I know we're talking about worship and our example for worship is food, but I would just sidebar step over to the side and I wouldn't necessarily say it's worship to fast from technology, but I would say it's wise for a Christian to spend time breaking away from things that clearly consume them and consume their time and their interest and their effort uh, as it blocks them from spending really quality time with the Lord. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's anything you can do to fight that. I mean, it's just, um, it's, it, just we need all the tools that we can in our fight against Satan. So all these things have their place in different ways and shapes and forms. I like that you went here, Daniel. I, I think that we're unfortunately all unanimous. We don't have a dissenting voice that can argue with us about the merits of fasting. <laughs> okay, but maybe we should dig into because, um, look, I, I don't even know how to say what I regularly do in terms of fasting, right? To, but maybe we should discuss some blockers to it or some reasons why people don't. Or maybe why yeah, people sure. wouldn't. Yeah, sure. yeah. I think that makes sense. That, that, that might be helpful to some other people, right? Um, because I think here's a place where I typically say, hey, if, if we were going to talk about prayer, I was going to throw it down and say, I should definitely pray more often, right? <laughs> I was going to just hold up my hand and say, I could pray more. I would definitely hold up my hand and say, I could fast more. Without yeah, even sure. without even flinching, <laughs> I would say I could and should fast more. Um, but what do you guys think might be, and I don't want to say reasonable objections, but what do you think might be some objections that might help people who are listening to this so that we can maybe overcome those? Well, no one wants to fast, I, I think at least not until you've figured out how it works into your spiritual life and brings you closer to God. Um, Cause 
no one, I mean, no one likes to be hungry. So it's just, it's the most, um, it, it interferes with your regular day to such an extent that it's just not appealing. <laughs> I think that really kind of gets to a big hurdle people have is like, how is my being hungry spiritual? Mm-hmm. How do I make this a spiritual thing? How does, like, what does this have to do with anything? And I think a lot of that is just because we don't, we don't do it very regularly. We don't, we certainly don't do it communally as a, as a conscious act of worship together. Um, at least not, not in our sort of tradition that we have together. Um, and so just kind of understanding the spiritual value of it. I think that's a really good point, Jesse. We should also say, um, just so we don't get sued because, you know, secrets, big pocketbooks, but uh, that, <laughs> you know, underlying health conditions and whatnot. I mean, I think some people might have a valid uh, reason to not be able to, you know, skip certain meals. You know, they have to take medication or they have something going on um, where they have to be eating things and, and drinking things at a certain interval and whatnot. So just getting that out of the way i mean of course of course you know there's those logical things where it makes sense okay don't fast in this situation (laughs) but barring that um yeah what else what could we say to encourage someone to try it out maybe we could say something that because we i think all three of us have you know fasted before at at some level maybe we could just take a turn and say what fasting has added to our life our relationship well, I would say the the times I've fasted, uh, well, a couple of different things. Like fasting with other people um, is really good because I think you get to spend time with them praying about very specific things, especially if you're fasting, concentrating on a, a very specific effort or a prayer. And as a group or as a team or two people, whatever, you get to talk through it and you get to talk even through the struggle of of not eating and and what it's like to have full reliance on God. Like you kind of get to talk through this situation, uh, but you also get to pray together. In my mind, when I fasted in a way where I'm probably most vulnerable because I, I recognize just how much I'm dependent on food, I'm dependent on the Lord to deliver that to me, and and when I'm not doing that, sometimes I look at food and go, probably the wrong relationship I should have with that. Um, but also, I think it it just brings back to my mind how reliant I am on the Lord. But I like being able to do it with other people, just to kind of talk through it and discuss it and pray together. Yeah, I, Amen. What about people that are gonna say? You know, you're supposed to be doing it in secret or on your own because of the other, other New Testament examples of, you know, not uh, not doing it for others to see or you know, don't make it look like what was the verse that we read? Don't make your face look. What was it? I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but basically kind of like it sounds like we should be hiding it kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, the intent is never to like just you know, kind of grovel in, in that. And I don't think that's the intent in sharing something with another Christian or praying together about something. Right. That, that 
that I think that was the example back in Acts, like as a church or as a group, you could you could do this, you could participate. I, uh, as long as the point is not to like try to show off, because again, then obviously you're you're not doing it as a matter of worship to the one who created you or worship to the one to whom you're thankful to. Uh, you're doing it so that someone will praise you, like you're doing it to be worshipped, which is clearly the wrong, uh, the wrong mindset. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think that's an objection because you had asked about that a minute ago, Daniel. Um, well, and Julian, actually, I guess you both mentioned it. Um, I think that's an objection, too, is that we don't really talk about it because it seems like something that's supposed to be done privately. And so everyone just kind of doesn't talk about it and assumes, you know, whatever you're doing privately to worship is your business. And so if you're fasting, you shouldn't probably be telling me about it anyway. And if I'm fasting, I'm not going to tell you about it. But uh, I don't know how much that really happens, but that's some kind of like the vibe I get from it sometimes. Mm. Um, which doesn't really make sense, though, because, you know, we're admonished to do it the right way. You know, not to pray on the street corner, for example, but we're still supposed to pray together, right? So, um, yeah, I don't think it really holds water, but I think it, for some reason, it's gotten into the culture that we just don't talk about it that much because it's supposed to be more private. Yeah, and that's, I don't know, we, I mean, we looked at those passages, right, where it's a very communal effort on I mean we see it privately in Anna and we see it communally in the church in Antioch and um, so I don't know it's 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 just not for whatever reason it's not something that we just we just do and I know that there are there are other different you know Christian communities out there that do practice communal fasting on a regular basis um, I think it's just something worth thinking about, worth noting that, you know, maybe there is a, a an element that we need to examine in our in our worship that that, you know, we, we could think about a little more strongly. What's the biggest um, benefit that you've seen out of fasting as you've done it, Daniel? Assuming you have. No, I have, um, you know, specifically the the times I'm thinking of are. Uh, you know, transitioning my employment status. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I took it on myself to go ahead and enter into a fast before I, uh, before I took on a full-time uh, preaching position. And just the, uh, I don't, the, the way that that sort of physical need was able to be translated into a spiritual dependence. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we sort of understand, and I don't know if this is just how it works for me or if this is the point of fasting in general, but that it helps to it helped to crystallize in my mind all the different ways that I spiritually depend on God when I had to actively think about the physical, mm-hmm. right? And I think especially for us in this place and time that we live in, you know, when I can, I'm a mile away from four different grocery stores where I can buy literally everything I could ever want to eat. That's not the case for the vast majority of the world. Um, and it's really not the case for the vast majority of people who've lived since Christ did. 
And just to kind of bring all that to mind, um, it helped me to to focus my mind in a spiritual way that I don't think just simply, not to discount studying the Bible or meditating over Scripture, but it, it brought an extra element to those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, the times that I've done it, it seems like, well, usually I find myself doing it when I'm um, needing special, like you said, you're transitioning jobs or like there's some burden kind of that you're you're trying to wrestle with in your mind, um, whatever that may be. And so you kind of call in all the reinforcements you can, fasting being one of them. And um, what I found is that it really just focuses your mind all day long to go back to God and that thing that you're battling. Um, so it, cause every time that I would you know, get hungry, it would remind me, Oh yeah, I'm fasting. I'm doing this for a reason. Here's my purpose now. And I would, I made a rule for myself. Like every time I felt a hunger pain and thought about food, I would just like take a second, close my eyes and say a quick prayer. And, um, wh- whatever it was that popped in my mind at that moment, you know, and all day long, that's happening (laughs) and so you end up praying more than you ever would normally and Mm. and you're just constantly all day long dwelling on it on your relationship with god on the fact that he's always there to provide for you and that you've never felt hungry before that's why it's so uncomfortable you've never felt hungry because god's always provided for you what a blessing that is and um there's just so many different things that'll pop in your head as you are fasting um, I mean, you just have to be intentional with it and make, you know, make, make up some things for yourself if, if you can, or if I mean, everyone's different. So, but make, find a way to make it useful. If you just say, okay, I'm just not going to eat today. And that's all you do. You're missing the, the relationship part with God. You know, it's got to be a fasting for a spiritual purpose and you have to orient your day or your days around that intentionally. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, making it a, a, the intentional part is, I think, absolutely key. Is, that's a really good point. Because, I mean, there's times I've like had to fast for medical reasons, like if you're going to get like some kind of a test done or whatever, a scan done. And um, if, if you just let it be the medical thing, then you're just hungry all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not enriching in really any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You, it really, it's like whatever you put into the fast, you're going to reap um, multitudes beyond that out of it, I think. Well said. All right. Well, I think that's the sixth uh, the sixth act. I did um, realize the one that we forgot. And I think we forgot. Um, well, no, well, the one we forgot is the one we actually already covered, which was the collection. Oh, Let's do it again. Yeah, Run it back. <laughs> Run it back. We did giving for like I think we did two two weeks of that one, and somehow two we forgot three. it. Two or three. Yeah, we went so, strong. We went strong. There. We burned ourselves out on that one. <laughs> so yeah, so we got the teaching and preaching, which we haven't covered yet. We got singing, which we did cover. Prayer, which we were gonna cover today, but Daniel, you know, threw us the fasting wrench. <laughs> Taking a collection done, and Lord's supper. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Yes. All right. Next week, I guess we'll pick up on prayer unless Daniel thinks of some other magical 
act of worship that we're supposed to cover. <laughs> the 12 acts of worship. The, 12, the 38 acts of <laughs> yeah. worship. This podcast is going to get long. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. all right. See guys. you all later. Uh, thank you guys for putting up with me. Peace. Bye.